0: everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Evolving Engineering Construction Podcast with your host, Matthew Winkelstein. This week, I'm joined by a fantastic guest that works for one of the largest brands in the country, a brand that's known by everybody. She's also our first repeat guest, brought a wealth of experience and wisdom into this episode. I couldn't ask for a better episode than the way this one went. That guest is Diane Huiwin Eldridge. She is as. AI and machine learning global business development leader. She's responsible for their business development efforts, which also encompasses marketing and their go-to-market strategy. Diane shares some great practical tips on how to grow your brand and some strategic wisdom about how Amazon keeps their team small and nimble and allows them to compete with each other without stepping on each other and irritating the customer by having multiple meetings. She also discusses how important it is to have a personal brand, how important it is to show up on LinkedIn. And what I thought was the most fascinating part of the episode, she discusses how her and her team leverage the existing brand and build off that in people's minds and leverage what they're known for, but reposition it slightly into the industrial manufacturing space. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Diane, it's so nice to see you again. You're our first repeat guest on the podcast, even though we changed the name and we changed the subject a little bit. I felt like you added so much value in the buyer's market and your perspective on that. And I thought you work for one of the biggest brands. You've created your own brand on LinkedIn, and you'd be a fantastic guest to add some more context in this season as well. So thanks for agreeing to be a repeat guest.
1: It's an honor and always great to talk with you, Matthew. Thank you for having me back.
0: Of course. So for those of the people that may not have listened to your episode from last season, why don't you tell people a little bit about what your current role is, where you're residing these days, and then we'll get into more of the typical episode.
1: Sure. I'm currently working for Amazon Web Services. So it's the Amazon's high-tech business unit. So it's a cloud computing business. I've been working with Amazon at AWS for two years now, I just a little over two years. Joined during pandemic is which is switching from a 20-year global manufacturing career. I was engineer and then I turned a global manufacturing executive. So it was a complete different different career. So that's been the change has been two years. It feels like past life now. Even two years is just very fast. My current role and then my responsibility with AWS is I work in a worldwide specialist org specifically in the AI ML and AI is other age these days is artificial intelligence and machine learning business. And then it's specifically it's applied AI, meaning that we take artificial intelligence, take these technology, we try to apply it into a space. And my specialty is basically apply into my past area, which is industrial manufacturing. So apply those technology. How do we go to take that technology into industrial space to solve some real problems? I cover go-to-market strategy and go to global business development. So I'm a global business development leader in this space. So that's my scope. So I, like I said, this role is completely new. The new areas a are high tech from manufacturing traditional industry. So it's a change of career, but also in a way it's still linked it because I'm taking the cutting edge technology from the best brand and best company and to apply to my old world and to solve some real problem, to make people lives better, to make work better, more efficient. So this basically linked to that. It's in a way I found it's a perfect job. I absolutely love it. It's been two years in and I live in Houston, Texas. So greetings from Texas.
0: <laughs> yes, greetings from Akron, Ohio. Not quite as good a weather, but I really appreciate the way that you described your role and your past experience and your industry experience as well. And that's where I think your perspective is so unique because when people hear you work for Amazon, they think high tech, but that's not necessarily the world that you come from. And so why I think you are such a great guest for this episode is... um You've sold through relationships and you're selling technology into an analog industry. And so your perspective on how you reach those customers, how you communicate with those customers, and frankly, how you educate those customers on what this technology can do is very relevant to a lot of engineering and construction firms that are trying to understand, hey, we're trying to enter these new markets. Do we do it the way we traditionally done it, just going person to person? Or is there a different and better way to be able to do that? And so I'm curious with your experience, what's one of the best ways you've found to educate your customers of this new technology in ways that you can help them?
1: I think I love that question, right? I think because of the uh, there are a lot of changes in this in, in this area, right? So marketing, sales, and how to reach customer, and there are a lot of changes, especially in the very recent months. And then with AI, very disruptive, right? So it's going to even make this more obvious that these things have changed. How do you reach customer? But for industrial, traditional industrial, like your the industries that you're thinking that our traditional model is basically you have legs on the streets. And you have people, and then so they, you give them a territory, and you go, and then you buy lunches, you take them for golf, and you go to conferences. And these are all still there because at the heart of it, that's the mechanism. But the heart of it is the connections, right? And then so each salespeople, what's the most treasured thing is their relationship and connections with their customer. That's their asset. They take it from place to place. So how do you build that connections? I think that's changing because with technologies and with people working remote and you build relationship not only with the customers with your peers like you're working with in amazon it's a huge organization and then they have this small two pizza team so you can't feed you can't have a team big enough you cannot feed with two pizzas and that's really true so when you actually have these two pizza teams and are scattered around the world everybody's everywhere so using all the tools and current tools available to actually internally be aligned and then and also in parallel to connect with customer. So you have to use these tools. One of the key things is using social media, in, internal or external. I want to emphasize internal self-advocating branding is also very important because how do you make other people, your colleagues know you, know your brand. So when they actually make a connection, they can bring you in, they know mm-hmm. what you do. So this is very important too. So social media is a really big thing in, internal or external. And then means is important. No, If you can't go face-to-face all the time, And then while people is getting used to using Zoom and then what we're using now, and then how do you use this means and to reach people to actually get out of this screen face over 2D and make yourself 3D. So I think they also complement each other so you can use short videos, you can use messaging, and then you have to use multiple ways actually to reach the same people and then so so it's a traditional marketing thinking but you use new tools and new method but the heart of it is to make sure you have a connection you have some real authentic connection and then so people have understanding of who you are because regardless what people b2b b2c it's people do business with people and with the people they like so how do you reach that level. So they trust you and like you. So they want to talk to you, give you the second meeting, third meeting, build our relationship, invite you into their factory and then for you to tour and then start talking to you, tell you what their problem is and trust you with their problems. You need these tools to do it. If you do it right, you actually can, you can be very richly rewarded.
0: Absolutely. I love that too, because what I heard there is It's not that you're using technology to replace relationships. You're using technology to form more relationships more frequently and in ways that are more conducive to the way that some of your customers spend time nowadays where, hey, the first meeting might have to be a Zoom meeting or the first way they discover you might be on social media. Your goal isn't to keep them on those channels or on those platforms. Your goal is ultimately to be able to get close enough with them to form a relationship, but your acknowledgement of, hey, people spend time on social media, they do these different things. And so you're meeting them where they are. I think that's fantastic. And I also like how you talked about the importance of internal as well. And so I have some large clients and some people that work for large organizations that, listen to this. And I think that's an undervalued component of it. Having other people in an organization that every organization says they're not siloed, but every organization has silos to a certain degree. And so being able to leverage social media to communicate internally so they can bring you into opportunities and inform their customers, I think that also makes a ton of sense. And I'm familiar with the two pizza thing in case people aren't familiar. And if, correct me if I'm wrong. So Amazon's philosophy is you can't have meetings or teams that you can't feed with more than two pizzas. And so the idea is There's not going to be these 25, 35 person meetings and teams. It's going to be smaller, more nimble teams. And so I'm sure that creates a lot of autonomy and ability to be nimble. But also to your point, if you have a bunch of small teams, not every team might know what you're doing. Am I articulating that correct?
1: Yes, very much. Because especially not everybody's physically together in an office. And then you can't just go to purchasing and go to this place and go to that team. So everybody's scattered. And also every team, it's designed on purpose. Right. It's a flywheel. So a lot of even small teams they even compete with each other working on the same thing, but it's okay. And what the best idea win, right? Whoever gained the fast traction. So it's okay. So you don't really know exactly what other people's scope is and then so how do you it's this massive organization with so many talents and everybody so how do you leverage that so that's why internal which is very important i have three four customers i'm in business development i have three four customer discussions per week right and then so if you times that multiply that by all these sellers within aws if everybody do that, and then they will have all these digital conversations and then Amazon have 200 <laughs> over services and for these people to have the conversation with. So how do you get the mind share? It's very important, right? How do you get people to stay on top of the seller's mind when they talk to the customer? They can sell 200 things. Yours is one of them. So how do you gain that mind share to make sure they remember, oh, they have this needs and then make a linkage to you out of this massive organization. And you need that internal branding and then a reach for people to actually remember and can quickly find you. Otherwise, the opportunity is gone.
0: Yeah. And I want to ask a more practical question because I've tried to solve this problem before and to varying degrees of success and see a lot of companies do it. There's internal competition. How do you prevent the same teams from going after the same customers and mixing up communications or communicating with the same customer at the same time?
1: Oh so for Amazon it's it's good they have three layers of kind of a people and it works well there is a mechanism that each customer get assigned a designated account people and they are the sort of the traffic director, basically. So you can have partners and you can have, I'm a specialist, right? So there's first layer is those account people. They're the uh, sort of gatekeeper keeper of all these accounts. They own the accounts, right? And then the second layer is the partner community. We go to market via partners and so partner first. So we have a lot of partner companies that are in there. And then I'm the specialist. I'm the, I'm the layer of called the specialist. So we specialize in one specific type. It could be robotic. It could be private five. G, it could be something different minus AIML. So when the first layer, second layer needs something and they will go grab the specialist and then we work with the partners or the account people, the account people keep a, keep a check. So mm. you don't have all these people bombarded because they own the relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. So that's even more important for you now, the more I understand it too, because your account executives, they may have a bunch of different clients that you could possibly work with. And so you're not going out there trying to necessarily find all of those clients, you're trying to inform clients and also inform the account executives so they can bring you in on these opportunities when they have conversations. Is that correct?
1: Correct. yeah, so that's why it's important that's where the brand is personal branding or social media brand of my product, brand of myself or and on social media because that's a platform. so you that's why you want to reach this massive layer of sellers globally so they know and then your service and the product you represent and also your personal your specialist that you you're staying on top of their mind.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome and fascinating. Like I said, I see companies that struggle with that where they buy different entities and then yeah. they end up having, I, there's multiple stories in engineering and construction where they have a bid opportunity and two different entities will show up to the same bid meeting for that yeah. customer. And it's like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that Spider Man gif that you see going around all the yeah. time on social media. Yeah.
1: And you frustrate customers because first customers say, "Didn't would your guys just here? Can you just coordinate and then come in so you don't sell this widget and he's and somebody from your company sell another widget and then can you just coordinate?" This is how Amazon does it.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that account executive role too, because it puts the relationship first, takes the pressure off of, hey, trying to close a certain amount of deals and allows you to really focus on doing what's best for the customer. When I was in account director role, that was, it was the same thing as what you call account executive in your industry. You're just able to form deeper relationships and really try and understand what does the customer need? And then strategically bring in different parts of your business to be able to support what the customer is going through. Versus trying to sell an individual product or service, and then going headlong at it and not really understanding where the customer is coming from, and end up having two entities show up at the same bid meeting. That to your point, that frustrates the customers. Yeah. And the customer's time is the most valuable, right? I think that's underappreciated now in a hybrid, even if a hybrid remote world, whatever you want to call it, that the time that they're actually in the office and want to meet with vendors continues to get smaller and smaller. And so when they end up with two meetings from the same company in a couple of weeks talking about similar things, it's what are you doing, wasting my time?
1: Yeah. The other thing about what social media can do, I would call it soft influence, right? Because it's hard sell these days. And then they're because you, you try to match. The, uh, a customer's energy and then most no longer they, they sit in the office you have the sales guy come in and then open up the suitcase with the where say here it is or give them a, a, the stack of shirts and then to explain them or something like that they do most of their research when they call you inside you know, a meeting they already have a lot of knowledge right so the sales purposes and this value is no longer that so it's to add value to you you're not doing the uh, sort of a knowledge sharing because they already have a lot of knowledge of yours so you need to go in into a deeper discussion so the social media serve that because it's non-threatening because you're not it's not in your face so if you do that you do that you post a little short video and you share a little piece of really important uh, good content and talking about this if the you have the social media connection with the customer and and trust me even they're quiet they're looking and then so if you're successful they're following what you're saying there and then you're authentically talking about this thing talking to the world and share your own thoughts you're authentic and they see that i don't know how many times i get on the call with a customer and they they even say that i saw the post on linkedin and this is and then they start talking so you already finished the first 60 percent of that building trust and you can just start going into because they thought they felt that they already know you you don't have to start from 101 right automation 101 you don't have to start that because you already shared those information hopefully they already saw that one minute two minute video that you shared and then they already there so that's the advantage of social media typically when i start is a, when i start a sort of first meeting i def- either during the meeting or right after the meeting i'll go on linkedin i'll find them and then i'll send them connection requests and then but most of the time because we just talked and then they accept it and then once you have that It's way better than reach over emails. That's what I found. If you do LinkedIn uh, connections and then they... Once you're that, and then they can see your content and you ask you consistently posting things drip, that's like a drip, by, drip campaign. That's what I call up, <laughs> And then, so you bit by bit, you build out that reputation and then, and, and trust and everything. So I think that's a very, I, I found that highly effective. And then you follow up with second meeting, third meeting, and then, and you go from there. They still remember you as fresh because they talk to a lot of people too. So this way you reinforce and you, it's all about building that connections and building trust.
0: Yes, and I don't know if your experience is similar to this, but whenever anyone comes inbound to me, rarely did they actually engage with my content. Very rarely have I seen them like a post or comment on a post, but then they say, hey, I've been following your content for a while and I think that you can help us with this. Oh, I had no idea that you were consuming my content. Yes, I'd love to work with you. Do you have similar experiences?
1: A lot. I started doing this three to five years now. Last, I would say last three years or so, especially more, I would say more active, more aggressive is since I joined AWS because we're remote. And then this is only a way that for me to quickly, to build out this awareness with peers and with the colleagues and with customers. So that's why I do it more often. So last two, uh, two to three years. So I started building this before, if I had like from about 3,000. Connections or followers, you would say on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, fast forward about in two years time and from about three to 4,000, I built in. Right now I have about 15,000. So once you reach certain threshold and when you go to conferences and you will see that. And again, you will see that more often. And then people come to talk to you, either internal or external people. And they will say, I follow you on LinkedIn and. and then they say, I really like the what you said and where I enjoy that content and keep doing it. So I have that quite often now, pretty much every time I go to event or conference.
0: I love that. I love that. I, I was having this conversation the other day where I was talking to a marketer and they were trying to push push people into things that they could measure instead of trying to measure the things that are working but are harder to measure. And I was like, what? I think you're thinking about it reversed. The whole goal is to be able to form relationships that turn into revenue. Then why are you so worried about pushing into things that may not work as well, but you can measure them better versus you see they're working because- people are having conversations, they're giving you that affirmation that, hey, even though they don't even like one of the posts, they're saying it's working and you're trying to shy away from that doesn't always make sense to me. So I have one more Amazon question, and then I want to get more into you and your personal brand. Amazon's such a big company. And so I think there's probably a certain level of brand awareness that people have. But in your case, I think that may work against you because people think of Amazon as packages, maybe not necessarily as machine learning and AI in the industrial manufacturing space how do you leverage the large Amazon brand and then reposition it to your customers for them to think about, Hey, it's not just all of this. It's actually this AI machine learning. We can help you with your problems, not just delivering packages.
1: I'm glad you asked that question. So it's very interesting. I think There's two brands out there for Amazon that's already out there. It's quite mature. One is, like you said, the the one that consumer brand and then the warehousing and then the e-commerce for consumers, right? That's one of the biggest brands in the world. And the second one is AWS is a cloud computing platform. And that is actually well known because they have a six, seven year head start than everybody else. And then right now it's still the biggest cloud Providers. That's why you see this double-digit growth in AWS, and then AWS's growth is is showing that it's eighty billion dollar business. A lot of people didn't know how big that, that AWS business wow. is. Not everybody is aware of that, right? That's cloud computing layer that these days cloud computing when you start a business you it's almost like a utility right if you want to start a business and or build a factory you need to make sure you have capital investment in land in machines and people and utility the water and power and then you need to get some compute you can't even start a pizza joint without thinking about (laughs) compute, right so you have to have a compute so then that become utility you have to buy some compute and then when you want to buy compute do you invest in this large rack of your personal server? And then that's a lot of money. And then do you know how much you need? Or you can just go to buy as you need and you go to cloud computing, go to AWS and buy what you need. You can buy as little as this much. And then if you grow, and that's how Netflix grew. And because of so they just use that. But a lot of people don't know. So I think AWS is trying to build that. And then on top of this, almost commoditize the sort of a layer and to build that AWS actually it's in other have had this uh, AI ML and all these technologies. So how do we leverage with two things with when we talk to industrial customers? One is people, it's actually working the venture when you think about the Amazon warehouse business in their personal life because it's such a well-known brand and people experience that. They have a personal relationship in their own personal relationship with Amazon delivery and then there's a good one. People trust Amazon, right? Because they know that when I order something, it will show up at my door how Amazon is doing it and they know behind that is technology. So when you actually talk to, go to the business world, talking to them about, say, look, we use all these technologies. So the reason you can get a Q-tip within a day is because of this technology. We have robots, we have sensors, we have personal personalization. When you go online say, well, you might want this, that's AIML. So when you talk about them, they instantly understand it. And then you say, we apply that. We take that technology. Now let's see how we can improve your operations, your efficiencies, your supply chain, mm-hmm. rather than people that don't have this part of business, they is a technology business. And then you, and they can say, oh, we did it here. We did it here. We said, we did it ourselves. And then you see it, right? If you're happy with it, don't you want to be that? Don't you want to be that efficient? And just like what we're doing ourselves. We can forecast better, so more efficient and save a lot of money. I found that actually very much enhanced. But you're right, a lot of people didn't know we play in the industrial space. So we, I show up at industrial conference, we were in the AWS booth, and a lot of the traditional company they walk past by and they're intensely curious. What's AWS doing here? What do you do? Yeah, so they thought we're in logistics or something, or we that we're not. We're doing technology. We're doing IoT and we're doing automation. So we're doing enough. We still have a lot of work to be done there for sure.
0: That's fascinating though. You're honoring the existing brand and what was built and not only honor it, you're building off of it. So you're using the existing positioning in people's minds of, Hey, I enjoy that. When I go on my Amazon app, everything's already in there. There's already a certain amount of things that I reorder. It makes that easy. It shows up 99% of the time on time or before I thought it was, and it's usually right. And so most people have that similar experience. So you use that to position yourself of, Hey, the technology that we've used and we've developed we can help your factory function the same way.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that works. So like in my past life, when I was, I represent even top tier companies. And when I talk to customers, I always have to start from one and say, here's what we are. Here's what we do. And then you explain it and why you want to do business with us. And you always have that spiel. You have to do at the very beginning. With a current and working for AWS with Amazon, when I show up in meeting, even this first one, and we never met before, I don't need to start one. I start from six because the trust is already there. It's, Fantastic! I have not experienced from anywhere else. So with AWS and there's a built-in trust there. There's a built-in curiosity, excitement sometimes even. You got this leadership team sitting there saying, "What is what? Did AWS is here? What do they have to offer?" As a business development person, that's actually a really good feeling.
0: Yes. And I think if you've just been in marketing, you don't understand the value and not having to explain yourself in the first couple meetings and just being able to get into the relationship. Fascinating. And I we could talk about that forever. You're definitely someone we're going to have, you'll be our first Third time appearance on this episode, where we can talk more about how you position that brand, how you position it, leveraging the existing brand. But I want to get into some more tactical things for some of our listeners. And I love the Chinese proverb the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So when people see you on LinkedIn, they might say, Hey, I can't have 14,000 connections. I can't post every day. But you didn't start out with 14,000 connections, you didn't start out posting every day. What did you do to get started? And what's your best advice for someone that is getting started in business development world? How do they start to leverage their profile to, to acquire customers and build relationships?
1: I think by this time now, everybody understand that how important it is LinkedIn. This LinkedIn has exploded in the past few years. It's imperative, you have to do it. There's no right, even you don't actively posting, you need to be there, right? Like other people's posts and engage, have a comment because we all have our own superpower. You have it, right? And then, so you just need to find a right angle, a right way in an authentic manner to show that power show that superpower and then and LinkedIn and then social media is actually that place. If you want to ca- progress your career and even and enhance your uh, whatever the business you're in, you can actually afford to be that quiet. Especially in today's this is there's a twofold, right? One is for your personal career development and the other one is to be successful in your current work and you want to do that, reach customers. So that for those reasons you have to, but you don't have to do it And, you know, you have to do it authentically. Otherwise, you're not going to do it because it's just, if it's a pain, if you hate exercise, find the one that I like walking. I hate running. So I'm not going to even try because I don't want to force myself run every day and hate myself every day. I love walking. So that's what I'm going to do. So same thing on use social media, you have to do it. That's the first thing. The second thing is find a way that you're comfortable with. My daughter joked with me and said, this is my mother. She overshares something, did. So, you know, that's me. <laughs> and then, so you don't have to be that, that if that's not you, I'm not forcing myself to do it. I love sharing. Without this, I would call people. I would just, I would text a group chat. I said, guess what just happened? I'm with, genuine excitement, this is how I was since I was a kid. But that if this is not you, that's okay. But a lot of us, especially in technology engineers, we're introverted people, but we actually have a lot of opinion. So if you have opinion, you can write long form blog posts. You can write articles, right? Even if you're the most quiet doctor, PhD and introverted people, you still need to do that because this is how you get speaking engagement, You've got to get conferences and got to get, research funding. So you have to do this, right? So how to do this, pick the best, most comfortable way. Social media allow you to try short messages, long article. You can self-post on LinkedIn, just your opinion on article, right? And then there's an AI now to help you to make it more interesting if you want to do it. But I think there's multiple ways. The key is being, we need to try to do it. And then you can start small as just share other people's and have your thoughts, I think this is very interesting, this is why, and have your expert opinion and then on something that you think is valuable. I think the key, the number one thing is this helpful to other people. If it's, you want to help other people and then the self-promotion and the branding that those are underneath, because you, if you do those, try to say, I'm trying to help people and then share my thoughts on this. And this will help other people out there when they encounter this kind of issues, when they're curious about this technology, this will help them to understand. And here's my take of this article is saying, And then I may summarize it if you really don't have your own opinion right and then just do it there so you can do a small or just comment. Just comment on key thought leaders liking I can do that and then you can ask a question engage those are all the ways for you to start doing it. And then try to come from the help helpful uh, angle and then try to focus on what you're good at. If you're like me, if you and me, we obviously want to talk and we'll be comfortable <laughs> to, to do a video ourselves and then do it. If you're not comfortable, a lot of people are good writers. Write something, right? And then you pick a little bit and start experimenting, right? Right now, the social media allow you me to edit. Allowed you to delete, allow give you all kinds of forgiveness, right? If you make a mistake. So I think just start doing something and then you start engaging and first. And then as you get more comfortable in today's economy, Matthew, I don't think you can afford not to do it, like I said, because there's an economy of certainty. We work remote and we're not in the office. You're not in people's face, your boss's face anymore. You have to make sure your work and your opinion, your worth, even just the mind share on your colleagues, your boss's boss, and you're there. You know, that's for your personal career purpose, you need to do that.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. I like what you said there. If I could summarize a little bit, the key is just is getting started doing something whether it's liking, commenting, or sharing. And I like how you talked about the angle and also being helpful. I think sometimes people undervalue what's helpful. They think it has to be this huge insight. And I believe, and I think you would agree with this based on what you just said, is if it's helpful to you, it's helpful to somebody else. It may not be helpful to millions of other people, but it's helpful to other people. And the more specific you get with things that are helpful in your career, and your job, the more specifically you're going to be talking to the people that you want to ultimately work with.
1: I was talking to a friend about because he was asking me. I said, "How do you start doing?" I said, "Think of the think of you going to a dinner party. Don't think about the world. Think of you going to a dinner party. If you have a dinner party, sit there, and then you want to share with these group of people because you want to be interesting, right? So you are going to talk at this dinner party. The goal is try to be this interesting." Dinner guests, people want to sit by you and have an interesting conversation at a dinner party. So at a dinner party, you heard this, you heard that, and people raise a topic. What's your opinion? Do you have something interesting to share? If you feel comfortable, to talk about this at a dinner party. I think that's the mindset because then it becomes really authentic. Sometimes even with sense of humor and with fun, it's a conference worthy. No, it's a dinner party worthy.
0: I like that. I haven't heard that one. I like that approach. And I'm reading a book called Smart Brevity right now, and it talks about, not writing in this grandiose way, but writing in a way of if you called your wife or your best friend and we're going to tell them what happened, what would be the first sentence that you said? And that's actually the first sentence that you need to write. So that pairs well with that. I like that. All right. We're running out of time here. First, I want to thank you again for coming on. Just fantastic wisdom in this, not only about personal branding, but about company branding, ways for people to use social media, ways for people to get started. And I- couldn't agree more with it's becoming less of a competitive advantage and more of a necessity for you to show up in these channels where people spend time because it's just harder to get in front of people and if they have no idea who you are or no idea who your company is they're a lot less likely to take the meeting and then you're going to miss out on those opportunities and to your point people do their own research so when they need your service or product who do they think of and why and if you're not out there it's not you and you're going to miss that opportunity. So Diane, thank you again. Why don't you take us away with what is your best routine or habit?
1: My, I, I read every day, but not necessarily read self-help, like deep books. I read every day. I'm from China. So I read Chinese books to relax to, and Chinese novels. And, then, and so that's what I do every single day. And then it relaxes me and then lower my stress level. I absolutely love it. So I do that every day.
0: That's a good one because it's not relaxing by going on social media and endlessly scrolling, which I'm sure you do spend some time on that, but it's an intellectual way to decompress. I like that. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time.